Welcome back. It's Tom Bell here. So excited to have you here for another episode. I'm certainly looking forward to getting into this one. We're all talking all things mindset, performance, life, all that wonderful stuff, purpose, passion, helping you to live a life that you truly love. And on today's show, we have Anna McRae, a life and business strategist. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you so much, Tom. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here too. And you know, each um, each time you're putting out posts, putting out content, it seems very thoughtful. It seems like you're putting a whole lot of effort in into your world, and it seems like you really are out there, uh, you know, making a, a big difference in the world. So well done to you. But for people who have not yet come across you on their journey, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, so I'm Anna McRae. I'm a life and business strategist. And what I love doing is supporting ambitious humans in creating purposeful businesses and living fulfilling lives. Um, I really believe in a world where we all live lives that we absolutely love, where we feel free to pursue the things that light our hearts on fire and we refuse to settle for whether it's crappy jobs or comfort zones, where we just do what it takes to get to a place where we wake up in the mornings exploding with joy. So that looks like a number of different things for me. I work with um, people who are stuck in maybe more traditional jobs that aren't really aligned with what they're looking to be doing, be it the you know traditional cubicle nine to five gig that maybe felt good in the past, but now is just sucking the energy out of them, but they feel stuck and don't know where to go. So we work through their values and their passions and what their unique abilities are to help them really discover their purpose and what they want to spend their days doing so that they can change direction in their career um, and either find a different job or start a business that lights them up. And often that's the direction that people end up going in. I know, especially in today's day and age, there's such a movement towards that autonomy and having control over your schedule. Um, and if, you know, COVID's taught us anything is just the, um, I would say, not so secure um, tagline to that kind of stable corporate nine to five. A lot of people are realizing that um, things are changing and they're wanting to take that control over um, their future and what they spend their day doing and how they show up in the world. So that's something that I have kind of grown into over time. My background was in business consulting. So this has kind of evolved for me into really caring about the humans behind the business, the actual personal lives of the entrepreneurs that I work with and helping them balance all of that. Because as you know, there's just, you're always juggling so many balls in life. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you are a stay-at-home mom or you have a nine-to-five or you're an entrepreneur, there is always so much going on. And what I really care about is helping people get to a place where they feel in control of all of the things and they're living a life that really makes them fulfilled on a day-to-day basis. Mm, see, it's really interesting. I, I, I love, I'm exploding with joy, um, certainly, uh, you know, would be a great way that I'd love if that's somehow out of these um, episodes, people take, you know, work with people like yourself or myself, they take snippets and they manage to be able to go and wake up. Like, you know, the idea that, you know, you you open your eyes and you're like, yes, another day to be able to go and do X, Y, Z. 
uh, instead of like, mm-hmm. oh no, we all want to wake up, but it's like you don't want to be waking yeah. up to dread. You know, that's 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 a uh, that's not the best um, bed partner. But uh, you know, you you I'm imagining like whilst you're sort of talking that you know this whole corporate life and it's so stable and it's like you know you can turn up to this place and they'll give you three meals a day, you know, and snacks. And they're not really giving you actual food. Some might, but it's like that whole like, well, I know I'm fed. I know I've got a belly full of food, and food's so important. And yet, it the the entrepreneur thing and and finding something that you want. It's like going to your garden and and getting a big plot of land, and it might take a little while to find one. And then you know, planting seeds. Not every seed is going to grow, and, and and but then you can plant the the food you love to eat. It's not just whatever the the business is willing to give you at those three different meal times. You can plant them. Now it's going to take watering. It's going to take things to, to grow in it. But eventually once that place is bearing fruit and you're, and you're living on this, you know, on, the, on, on this farm almost with all of the different things that you like, yes, it'll be work. Uh, but then if, it doesn't matter what happens outside of your yard. It doesn't matter if, um, if the business just happens to say, oh, sorry, on the wrong side of the, of the spreadsheet this month. See you later. But I've been here 30 years. <laughs> See you later. Um, you know, whatever it might be, you know, like how many people have, have found and then all of a sudden, if it is like the food thing, you know, then there's that fear, the scary place. Where am I going to get my next meal from? How am I going to do this? Then you're going to just jump into any old place and you might have to start again. And, and I've seen that, like people lost their jobs through COVID and then they're taking anything. They're, they're, they've, they've gone from high paying, prestigious status jobs. And it's like, well, you got to put food on the table. So they might be working at the grocery store or they might be, you know, and, and, and great work ethic and great effort and great for the people that hired them. Um, but now that's almost like they've got to somehow like build again. Whereas if they had have been able to have that 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 side hustle, the after hours business, if they had have been planting now, you know, and and yeah, okay, it would be great if everyone had already started, you know. But it's never too late. Now's the time you can start something now. That in four years' time, when the, when you're it's your turn to find yourself on the wrong side of that corporate ledger, um, that now you can actually be having other income streams that actually can kind of, you can fall on. You don't even have to have the stress of um, where will my next meal come from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that analogy. That's really well put in terms of, you know, showing up and being fed by somebody else or really harvesting something that you're going to truly enjoy. And I think um, a lot of the time we get pushed if we keep going with that analogy, we get forced into becoming farmers for ourselves, right? Um, And what I really get excited about is helping people make that change before they have to, right? So before you're at the place where, like you said, you've been laid off or your job doesn't exist anymore, and now you're scrambling, and there's that scarcity mentality, and everything feels like too much to handle. Um, Because To be fair, that's how most people's journey tends to begin. We get forced outside of our comfort zones, and that's where those great ideas come from, and businesses um, kind of become what they are. But it takes a certain amount of courage to take the time to look at your life right now and understand, am I spending the days that I really, truly, in a way that I really, truly want to be? Am I really stepping up into my full potential? Is this what I want to have accomplished when I look back 20 years from now? Um, 
And so I think, like you said, it's just so much more empowering to make that decision on your own and to get ahead of the game. And maybe it is, maybe you're in a job that you love. Maybe you can't wait to show up to work every day and you're just really living an aligned life. And if that's the case, that makes my heart so happy. But I find for 80% of people, it's not. 80% of people show up to jobs that they hate, They, you know, hit snooze so many times in the morning because there's just nothing really that great to look forward to. They're counting down until the weekend and then they get those Sunday night blues. And I've been there. I had a corporate job that I was good at, that paid well, but it wasn't really aligned with my purpose. And so I remember the almost crushing feeling in your chest of, you know, it's Sunday night again and I have to head into the office on Monday and that um, being in that environment long enough just eventually takes a toll on all areas of your life, right? You start slipping in your physical health, your mental health, you're not showing up fully in your relationships, you don't have time for your kids, your friends, whatever it is. So I think that realizing the cost of inaction, the cost not of maybe taking the risk and making the change and what that may or may not look like, but the cost of staying exactly where you are for, you are for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, um, and just giving that a little bit more weight and really asking yourself some hard questions around whether you're in the kind of place that you want to be or actively working towards a future that lights your heart up. Because having been on the other side of that, transition, having gone from a soul-sucking corporate nine-to-five to running a business that gives me purpose and that has me just radiating energy from the second my alarm goes off, I can vow, vow for the fact that it is just so much better on the other side. But that part in between, that transition is really messy in terms of figuring out what you want to do, working through all of the mindset blocks that come up around, you know, is that even possible for me? And actually putting a plan in place and following through with it and not going back and settling for a life that's anything less than amazing. um, That's where the magic happens. But that's also the toughest part of the journey that a lot of people haven't um, developed enough of a a desire to wade through in order to get to the other side. Mm, mm, Yeah. Well, it's an interesting one too, isn't it? Because, you know, you like, you can imagine that someone's kind of like cruising along the road on the, on their, on the highway in their car and and it's, you know, it's beautifully lit and whatever else, you know, but it's that monotonous drive, you know, there's, it's high crash zone. Uh, And even if someone is loving their, their job, it doesn't mean that the business, okay, you know, um, you know, I, I have a family member that like absolutely loved his job, loved it. And we were always like, you're sick, man, you're sick. You know, like my, my, we, we joke at, at family barbecues and things. And, um, you know, we, we were happy that he was happy, but it was like, it was so rare to, to hear anybody that was like, oh no, every single day I get to go to work, made, he was made redundant. 30 years in the same place, killing it, was, was on top. And it's just a change in leadership above brought people that they had from other areas of the business. And it's like, you know, mergers and acquisitions and, and all of this stuff. It's like, you know, or, or a change at the top and they want to bring their people in. You, it doesn't, it's not so much of a meritocracy. It should be, and maybe on paper it is. Um, but but it, if we're on that same highway, we're on that crash high crash zone, it'd be like just turning off on, in a non-four wheel drive car off into the dirt and then just driving through the bush. 
with, with the promise that somewhere on the other side of this bush is the place where you're supposed to be. It's the resort that you can get to and, and enjoy and enjoy every single day and, and whatever it might be. And it's like, well, you know, a week in, two weeks in, and, and the car's out of fuel, you're now walking through the bush. You know, your, your batteries and the, and the torchlight go out, and now you're just in the dark. You know, you know, like you can hear owls and like you know wolves and and things are coming for you. And you think, oh God, why did I leave the safety of the highway? Why did I do this? And and it's like, okay, that might be real and it might be scary, but you know, it, it's they can you can bring daylight, you can bring the adventure guide, you can bring people to help you, you can call the the um, place to help you with your car, maybe swap cars, get the four wheel drive. Now you're in a Jeep Wrangler flying through the bush. You know, and the person in your passenger seat is, is someone like yourself saying, hey, turn left here. Oh, wait, no, go around here. Uh, oh, it's, it's okay, we're bogged. We'll just winch onto the tree and pull ourselves out. You know, you, you can get help and it will get easier. And all of a sudden, you know, cruising through the, through the bush won't be so scary anymore. So I think it's like ask for help. Try to like work, work out how to learn the map. You might have just turned off the highway, but everybody else, there's so many people that have done that before. You know, people have, have done the tracks. They've, they've done the hard yards. They've put the effort in. They've won. They've worked out what to do and what not to do. So you don't have to go it alone. A smart person learns from their own mistakes. A wise person learns from their own mistakes and the mistakes of others. I love that quote. Right? So, so don't feel like it's not possible just because you don't know the path through the woods. Right? Yes, it's going to be hard. But try to find out, is, does somebody else know? And, and it could be you. Could be your, you could be the God. You could be the bush, the bush God. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that those feelings or those blocks are all so valid, especially when you've never done it before, right? When you're used to showing up to your nine to five and you've kind of got those blinders on, right? You're assuming that it is stable it is secure like you're not going anywhere you've been here for 10 years you'll be here for the next 10 years that's easy to imagine because you've been in that environment right and I mean for me I grew up in a family of steady nine-to-fivers I don't know a single entrepreneur in quote-unquote real life um, until I dug into this journey and started getting to know some other people it was very much ingrained to me that this is the way it is. These are the only options, really. If you want to be, quote unquote, successful, you go to school, you get good grades, you get a job, and then you stay there until you retire. And then once you're retired, you know, then you get to live your happily ever after life. Um, so I think just the narrative in most circles is that that is the most viable, the safest option. And when you dare to go outside of that, it can feel like you are alone. It can feel like you're blazing the trail. You're the first person to have done this because you've never experienced that before. And the brain really amplifies that because it wants to keep you in your status quo, right? That's what all those survival mechanisms are there for. So as soon as you start changing your identity and even asking yourself the question, sometimes even going that far can feel really difficult because you don't really want to see what's behind the curtain. You don't really want to kind of go down that route in case you realize, hang on, that's where I really want to be. And now what? Now I have to make all of these changes. And that in and of itself can just be a really hard dialogue to have with yourself, especially when you're so emotionally invested in your own life, right? Which is where the power of coaching really comes into play. 
because it's a lot easier for me to look at somebody else's situation from an objective perspective and help them see how to get from A to B, help them see what it is they really want, what they're saying, um, and pick up on kind of the nuances of their language and how they're approaching their uh, problems, like what kind of thoughts they're having, and then really flip that back so that they can analyze or at least realize some of those stories they're telling themselves that aren't necessarily true. Now that is really, really hard to do for yourself. It's why as a coach, I have a coach, is why most coaches have coaches, because no matter how good you are at asking those tough questions, it's still really difficult to do that for yourself because you're so emotionally invested or just so, caught up in the details or at least for me like if I was you know swerving off the highway into the bush like I want to know how many bushes are there and where are they spaced and where's the next one and where's the gas station and where is this and where is that um and when we don't have that certainty and when we haven't had that experience on our own and we haven't created the self-trust that you really need to believe that you can figure it out when you get there then that can be a really difficult decision to make. And that's why so many people stay in the jobs that they're in now, because it's hard to see the path from where they are to where they want to go, even if they kind of did the work of figuring out where they want to get to eventually. Then it's, you know, one continuous hard question after another of figuring out, okay, now that you know you're not in the right place, now that you know what's really going to make your soul feel alive, what's really going to get you jumping out of bed in the morning, how do you actually start to make the changes in your life that you need in order to get there? And I think what you said is so powerful in that we're often afraid to ask for that help. We're often afraid to admit that Um, We could use support in figuring out how to get there because especially in this part of the world, um, it's so, our society is so individualistic, right? We get a pat on the back when we figure something out on our own. And I even catch myself saying this to my kids, like, great job, you did that all by yourself. But since when is all by yourself the standard of success, right? And I think that just realizing that there have been so many people who have done what you probably want to do and leveraging that as a source of power and just realizing that if they did it, I can do it too. And I can do it now, I think is the other really important piece to wrap your brain around is that you have the capacity to start moving in the direction of your dreams right now, not when you get the next promotion, when your kids are a little bit older, when you have more time next week, next month, next year, but really stepping out of that place of fear and um, trusting that doing that work now is going to pay off tenfold. Mm, Yes, 100%. And like, I was a terrible swimmer, right? But in my head, I was like, I can't swim. I'm terrible at it. I remember like in, you know, year seven, I went to this new school and like, it was like this triathlon thing and I'm flying on the bike and then they had to throw me a kickboard and like all the other kids just passed me, passed me, passed me, right? And and so like that in my head, I was a terrible swimmer. And so I I decided I'm going to go and uh, as an adult, you know, probably, you know, two years ago, maybe decide to go swimming. And, And it's like, you look in the pool and you watch swimmers and it's just like they're this like, 
putting hardly any effort in and they're just flying like and then you hop in the pool and I, i'm like i'm i'm splashing about and water's going everywhere and people are just and i'm i'm, I'm gaffed i can hardly breathe and, and i'm thinking what the hell people are just flying past me and it looks like they're hardly doing any effort with their strokes and then eventually i got a coach and he was able to say, well, you know, well, I'm, I'm watching you for a little while and this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing this. You, you, you're almost like walking in the water. Yes, your feet are, you know, and, and that's drag and this and explaining things. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, how do I fix that? Is it, well, if you do this motion, if you do that and you change this and, and soft fingers and, and the catch and the elbow in a certain position and, and, and you know, past the hip. And, and all of a sudden within like one session, I was gliding up and down the pool. Now, I'm not Michael Phelps. Like, I, like I, you know, I'm not in, in my future does not um, contain winning gold medals, um, you know, uh, for any sort of Olympian swim team. But it was just so interesting to see how, um, you know, to me, I, I thought if I pull through the water faster, if I kick harder or, or whatever it was, he just said, no, it's this and it's that. And he, and, and he would watch again and say, okay, yeah, great. Still a little bit more here, a bit more of a tweak, a bit more of a tweak. Until it got to a point where I mean, like I could go back and keep getting more tips and get faster and get those things. But it got to a point where I was really happy with the rhythm and I was happy with the speed I could go and the distance that I could go. And I could then grow my fitness and, and it became an enjoyable thing. At the start, it was a nightmare. Scary to jump in, scary to go and do um, that swimming. But, you know, I tend to have sore tendons and, and sore muscles, you know, quite regularly and running and some of the activities actually like, you know, make that worse. Whereas the actual swimming, I, I finish a, a swim session and I just feel magic. So, and, and I'm getting fitter and I'm feeling good. Uh, it's a great way to wash away the day after work as well. So, you know, it's it's interesting how, you know, even you're sort of saying you can hear the language and you can hear. So it might be slightly different, but kind of trying to like, you're trying to tap into the beliefs and it doesn't, I think it, it's equatable. I don't think it takes a huge amount of shift in someone's life between language, beliefs, and, and how they're sort of waking up and viewing their now and their near future and long-term future, a slight shift there to the positive and action-oriented all of a sudden makes a massive difference. It doesn't need to be some complete life change. And that's sometimes I think, I see that people think that it's gonna be, oh my God, it's so massive to change to get to there. But it's actually becoming who that person is, at least the seedling of that person. Like, what is it, the acorn to the, 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 to the mighty oak or whatever it is? You know, so it's like switch that mindset, switch it to that positive place, and, and, and things will just ripple out. Things will just happen so much faster, um, but you have to do it with that, at least the, the, the newer mindset and be open to that newer mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so often we naturally gravitate towards feeling like we have to work harder or work more in order to get to where we want to go. And often that's not the case. Often it's small shifts that you need to make with either a strategy that you're already trying um, or beliefs that you have about what's actually possible. Those small shifts in thinking can create, they can open up so many more opportunities because suddenly you see the world a different way or you actually start doing less and achieving more and that's what I find time and time again with my clients is by the time they jump onto a call to chat with me they're feeling like they're overwhelmed they're already overwhelmed with their current reality they don't understand how they're supposed to 
you know, pile on a whole nother job on top of that in order to build a business. And I think what you said about just getting to a place where, you know, it was enjoyable, the process was enjoyable, you were happy doing it. So often we think that that's far away in the future. It's like, okay, once I build a business and I scale it up to replace my income and I quit my job, then I'll finally be able to relax and like live a happy life. Um, But what I really challenge people to do through my coaching is to figure out how you can live that happy life now and find that balance in this moment, as you are pursuing a change in direction, building a business, whatever that might look like, whatever else you're balancing, whether that's your kids or your job or your relationships, or just having fun alongside of that, um, there isn't a kind of cookie cutter approach to building a business or a set of must follow steps in order to get where you want to go. There are some very foundational principles that apply no matter what industry you're in and what it is you're trying to do. But the amazing part about entrepreneurship is that you get to build it in a way that really works for you. You get to build it in a sustainable way. You get to build it um, in a way that feels good. And that's really the shift that comes from coaching is going from a place of thinking you have to add on more, do more, work harder, put in more hours and really hustle and grind your way through to getting clear on what it is that you actually want and then how you can build that into your current day to get there sooner than you thought was possible. And that comes from just being willing to question how you're doing things in terms of strategy, but also how you're approaching your problems um, in terms of your mindset and in terms of the things that you tell yourself about yourself. And so, like you said, when it comes to, you know, getting a coach to help you with your swimming, and then after one session, you already feel lighter and easier and Um, like you can see how this could actually work. I find the same thing happens with life and business coaching. It's after one conversation where you get to just pour out all of your anxiety and your fear and your self-doubt, all of the things you've tried that haven't worked or all of the things you've been too afraid to try. Once you're able to really bring that to the surface, bring that out into the light and have that honest conversation about what you want and develop a plan for getting there, it feels so much clearer right off the bat. That clarity that really, and I'm sure we've all experienced this, whether you've worked with a coach or not, when you have that conversation with a good friend and a good friend helps you just understand your own thinking in a different way and just see what it is you're actually feeling or saying, um, it's almost like getting your thoughts and perspectives handed back to you in a pretty package with a bow on it, right? And then you kind of feel that relief. Well, the same thing happens in coaching, and then that creates a certain level of clarity. Once you have that clarity, it is so much easier to create confidence within yourself and realize, okay, I can see the first three to five steps I need to take. I know I can actually do that. And once you combine clarity and confidence, it is so much easier to take consistent action. And that action piece is really the piece that gets you where you want to go. But you can't do that in a way that feels good or is sustainable if you're not clear on where you're going and how you're getting there and confident in your ability. 
Yeah, I like that. Confidence and clarity are definitely linked, isn't it? Because it's like, if I know where to walk, well, then I can walk there. But if I don't know where I'm walking, well, then should I take any steps? Because if, if I don't know where I'm going, mm-hmm. I might be actually working, walking further away. So if I were to walk for a day in, in the wrong direction, well, then it might end up becoming two days that I have to get, you know, back to where I actually want to go. Um, so I really, I really, uh, I really do like that. And so when was it for you? Like when, can you, can you take your mind back to a time when you're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start planting seeds now. I'm going to, and, and working and getting your own level of clarity. Like when, walk us through your moment of like finding clarity that this is what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. It was a long journey for me. I started in business consulting straight out of university, and I spent a lot of time working closely with business owners um, of small and large businesses, helping them grow their revenue, increase their profitability from a consulting kind of background for six years. And I was good at what I did, and I was always learning something new. So it kept me interested for a long time, for those six years, and it paid well. So for a long time, I didn't even question what I was doing, what I wanted to be doing. Those thoughts weren't even going through my head. I just kind of stumbled across this career coming out of university and basically taking the first job that fell in my lap, and it happened to be a great one. Um, But then I got to a place where I had just had my second child. I came back from maternity leave and I was told that a lot of our business had moved into a different province. And so I would need to start traveling three to four nights a week. And I had just come back from maternity leave. I have a nine month old and a three year old at home. It's not really an option for me, according to my values to be away three to four nights a week. Now, maybe some people are happy with that. um, And that's great, right? But for me, I started to realize this isn't um, the way that I want to spend my days. I realized that I could never get that time back with my kids and making memories with my kids and my family was one of the most important things to me in my life, along with making an impact. And I really started to ask myself those questions at that point when my mat leave was coming to an end. And I realized I don't want to go back to that situation. So while I was processing all of that internally, I needed to find a different job that was more local. And so I took the same kind of position with strategic planning, continuous improvement within one massive organization. So really stepping into that corporate role, um, less consulting, more just ingrained in the business. And that really escalated the process for me because it drained my energy so much after about 2.2 seconds. Pretty much as soon as I walked in for my first day on the job and I saw the beige walls everywhere and the tightly packed cubicles and the very strict lunch break and nobody being allowed to leave until five o'clock and just so little flexibility or um, really care for the humans that were in the building and more so just focus on the numbers. So that accelerated me and like really created some urgency for me to figure out what it is that I wanted to do. So within eight months, now eight very long months of crying in the bathroom at work multiple times throughout the week, just dreading 
having to go in. Um, I continued to push through and ask myself those tough questions after work each day, trying to figure out what direction could I go in that would feel more aligned with my purpose and my values, when really all I wanted to do was to let go of that with TV and takeout and not think about it until I had to go back into work the next day. But really forcing myself to have that internal conversation and have that discussion with my partner over and over and over again until I got some clarity. So within eight months, I got out of there and created a position for myself within a different company, again, doing the same thing, but doing it on a part-time basis. So I had every Friday off, I had every afternoon with my kids. And although that wasn't yet my dream job or my business or the most fulfilling career, it gave me enough space and enough breathing room to figure out, okay, how can I start leveraging my time to create something that I'm going to be proud of? to create something that's going to pay off for me later. And having made that decision, I started to build a business. Now, I never called it building a business because I had a lot of internal mental blocks myself, having come from a family of nine to fivers. I couldn't even admit that I wanted to start a business when I was at that point. I just bought a domain name. I started writing about personal growth. I started blogging. Um, and it was just this kind of side project that I was doing, right? Just this thing I was trying out, seeing how it would go. And I didn't tell any of my family about it. I didn't tell any of my friends about it. The only person that knew was my husband because there was so much fear wrapped up inside around who do you think you are leaving the corporate world, giving up your career and thinking you could actually build something on your own. Um, and so having gone that, through that journey myself, I'm so familiar with those internal narratives and those stories that we tell ourselves when we step into a different direction, right? When we dare to do something different. Um, and that's really what motivated me to, to, evolve my work to support people with that piece. So over time, I built up my business. It wasn't an overnight success. It wasn't glamorous. I built it with a part-time job with two kids under the age of five, just in the wee hours of the morning before anyone else was up in the late hours of the night on the weekends. But the thing that I want to make sure people get is that it didn't feel like work. Because I had found what actually lit me up, I was so excited learning about personal growth and business growth. I was so excited taking the time to write. I was so excited talking to people who were struggling to achieve their own goals and genuinely wanting to help them get to that place in their lives where their you know, physical health was in control, their mental health was in control, they were starting their own side hustles. Um, it didn't matter that I was doing that outside of regular working hours because it gave me so much energy. And I think um, that's something that is really such a good clue that you're on the right track is that you just enjoy doing what it takes to or you enjoy the way that you're spending your time. Because I was always coming from that corporate background, I was always very protective of my schedule. I said, okay, well, if I have to be here from nine to five, then I'm not giving this another ounce of thought after I leave the office at five o'clock. So for me, it was a big shift to then take that time after five and put it toward quote unquote work. And the reason it was possible was because it was 
so aligned with my values and what I cared about and my passion that it didn't feel like dread. And I think over time, we build up this belief that anything related to work is going to feel hard and um, unsatisfying, especially if we're feeling stuck in careers that aren't aligned with what we want to be doing, that then it feels even harder to figure out what kind of a change we want to make, because we think that that change will be to some degree, still hard and um, extra work. But I think that moment of clarity for me really came when it came bit by bit. And that's something that I see people or a common misconception that at least I believe isn't true is that your purpose is going to kind of strike down like a bolt of lightning. And one day you're going to wake up out of your nine to five and say, man, here is exactly the most fulfilling thing I could ever spend my days doing. And I just know that is not the way that it works. It takes time and effort to figure out the things that are going to light you up. And they come through little clues. They come through taking baby steps and pursuing things that are a little bit interesting, seeing where they lead and evolving as you go along. And it's like, it's very interesting. Like, you know, you, you, like I'm thinking, man, it's like, it's not like that Evan Almighty show, you know, of Steve Carell and all of a sudden, you know, Morgan Freeman turns up and says, I need you to build an ark, you know, and he's like, he fights for a bit, but then all of a sudden he's like out there building an ark. Well, it's like, you know, it's not like that. Morgan Freeman, I've never seen him in real life. Well, he's, not, he's probably not going to be like, you know, actually, you know, so it's not a thing. So, um, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting story that you've got and to think, you know, from the, from the tears in the, in the cubicle and then potentially the, the um, pizza and, and Netflix, like that people would want to cover it up, you know, like if someone's decided to um, do, you know, two beers deep, um, you know, one pizza deep and, um, you know, maybe some still, still some tears in their eyes and they're listening to this podcast, somehow you've stumbled across us. Anna and I are coming out to tell you, like, put the pizza down, um, you know, like, put, start to actually, like, create a space for yourself where you can take those baby steps, where you can, you know, start to find things that light you up. And because if, you're, if your day job is draining you, it's so odd, right, the workplace, but, like, why workplace is so draining? Like, and and because you look through, like, uh, I mean, I don't know about the corporate place, but there's probably a few people that are quite happy. But then there's so much other stuff. It's like this little pyramid where there's one job that's going to come up, and it's only if Betty dies. You know, like people are always talking about, like, you can't get up around here because the only person that person's been in the job for 20 years, and there's no opportunity. So then it becomes this like you know, almost intense battle. Like, who do you know? Who do I know? Uh, you know, there's only one job, so I need to like, you know, tear this person down so I can get to the thing. And it just becomes this like crazy free-for-all place. Uh, on top of that, that it's like corporates, you know, whilst, you know, we can all be grateful that they pay us, um, you know, I mean, look, maybe the grass is greener, but you, like, I always think, wouldn't it be nice if businesses were just a bit more googly? You know, like, I don't, I don't necessarily need a fireman's pole or a slippery slide to go from level three to level one, right? Like, I mean, that, like, that'd be cool. Um, but it seems like, you know, we've got nap pods and we've got free food and we've got the a campus and it's like, and we're trying, okay, not every business has Google's money, but it seems like some businesses really just get it that it's not just human resources as if everyone is some sort of 
sponge that needs to be tightly gripped and all day until every last drop is squeezed out of the sponge. And then we'll, we'll sprinkle a little bit of water on the top of the sponge, which is your pay. And it's your, we expect that you come back fully recharged. Uh, I don't care what happens outside of your life. The moment that you leave here, um, that's on you, sort it out, but you better come back here ready to be killing it. Otherwise I'll take your pay away and no more sprinkles in the sponge. And, and so we need to be refilling our own sponge outside of work, but there might be other organizations like that first place you worked for, that kind of sounded like pretty good, you know, like in terms of, and to, and to get that straight out the gate, that kind of, that kind of sounded um, quite interesting. Um, you know, I know that like corporates are funny because it's like human resources, the people department, people in culture and happiness team. And, and it's like, you can put any label you want on the, on like, you know, it'd be like putting like at the front of the slaughterhouse, this is pretty dark, but like at the front of the slaughter, slaughterhouse, like happiness division for cows. Like, well, that's, you can put whatever label you want on the, on the door. But when we walk in and we can see 55 cows hanging up by their horse um, being dragged through and cut to pieces, you know, the, the dream is quickly shattered and the words mean nothing. So, you know, it's, it's like, should there be a shift that uh, businesses, if they really, capitalism, whatever it is, if you really want to be getting the most out of the business for the customer uh, or for the shareholder, depending on your point of view, you really, like Richard Branson talks a bit about it. It's about people first. And, and, and the people first isn't the member, the customer first, it's your staff first. And I see it within teams I grow. You know, that if I can get my team on point and I get my team in a right headspace and I get them to a point where they want to come to work, I've bought massage chairs, I've snuck couches in, you know, sometimes you go into the back of, of stores and it's like this stark one plastic chair and that's where you sit and you get 15 minutes and it's like, what? Who made these rules up? Like, why isn't there something comfortable? Why isn't there some music for them to listen to? Why don't we have some waters in the fridge or, or some snacks on the bench? You know, well, it's just not in the budget. What, what budget are we talking about here? Like, is it in the budget? I heard a fact the other day that it costs um, 50% of a person's wage to go and find someone new, to train someone new, to get them through the whole process. And then, and then, because also then there's also the stress on everybody else. When, it, when someone's left, they have to pick up work. And then the business is always putting more work on the table. We've got it backwards. Someone, where's the, where are the people rolling through corporates? Corporates should be graded on their Googliness. If you're, you, you should get a star rating out of 10. And if you're like a, a two or a three, well, you've got some work to do. And, and the pay isn't enough. It's not just the pay. They've shown that you can pay me $80,000 or $120,000. That's not going to necessarily increase my joy. But like, you know, being able to like walk away from my desk and maybe have a free bag or, or something else, a nap pod would be nice. I, I, if I want to have a nap at 3 p.m., let me have a nap at 3 p.m. Because you know what? At 3.15, I'm energized and rip-rare and ready to go. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe someone needs to someone listening to this. That could be your side hustle, you know, going into corporate, giving them a rating, and helping them realize that they are they are not very googly. Absolutely, I think there is so much um, that you brought up that is very valid. The problem with a lot of corporations that. You know, the model was born really out of that industrial revolution where you just show up to a factory and you put in your time and you leave when people really, 
you know, when this was new, when the whole nine to five thing was new and people were okay because it was really the other option. But I think where we're failing to see the change is that those corporations where culture is prioritized very high on the list of important things a company should care about, like Google, right? Like Apple, those are the companies that are thriving. And the ones that are staying in that kind of hierarchical, archaic, old model of I'm going to give you X wage, it'll go up by one and a half percent every year, you show up, I don't want to hear your complaints. Like those businesses over the next few years, especially with the dramatic shifts that we've seen with COVID, are really going to have to change the way that they operate if they want to retain the workforce. Because, I mean, it was one thing for a few generations ago where, you know, they were still working through wars. So it was literally like, we need to survive. There was not a lot of discussion around potential and fulfillment and joy and happiness and all of that was kind of put on the back burner over just being able to put food down for your family. But now we are so lucky to be in a place where we have the power and the capacity to think about the legacy that we want to leave, the way that we want to spend our days, how we want to interact with people on a day-to-day basis. And now that we're starting to see those shifts in conversations, right, with new generations that are coming into the workforce, um, that is going to disrupt every industry massively. And the people that really step into that leadership role and understand that we can't do what we do without our people being fully bought into the vision and the mission of this company, um, realizing that the importance of that, the importance of having a team that is loyal to your vision. And I think that loyalty has shifted over the years as well, where people hop around from job to job all of the time, which is something that we didn't see 15, 20, 30 years ago. Um, because of just how many more options there are and the different dynamics or the different way that we approach work now and really seeking something that fills our cup, knowing that we spend 40 hours or more a week in that environment, um, it needs to be a place that you want to show up to. Because if it's not, it's only a matter of time before you decide that you're worth more your whether it's your pay is worth more your time is worth more whether it's just your energy and who you spend your time around um, when people start raising the bar for themselves in terms of their day-to-day life that's really where things are going to start to shift for the big corporations and I think that's already happening on a massive level with the changes that we've seen with COVID I mean how hard would you have had to fight a year ago to be allowed to work from home, oh, right? Yeah. The remote workforce yeah, yeah. was not nearly this big. A three hundred page, um, you know, a three hundred question questionnaire uh, that you know would all, and then and then even then, some guy named Bob who doesn't know you, he'll decide. He'll decide whether or not uh, it can be done. But when it suited the business, all of a sudden, everyone now has to be from home, and we want what's footprint, and we want this thing, and we want to be able to turn you off and on. And and it's and it's we shouldn't hate the corporation. Well, the corporation is just doing what it does. It's just 
out there to, to the way that it's always done it, you know, might reinvent someone else, but, you know, really see it as an opportunity to take control of what you can control. And yes, you having your own business might mean that, you, you know, the ebbs and flows of the market and, and you have to have an idea that people want to give you money for to a degree and whatever else, but surely there's something out there that, you know, you can add value to the world. And even if the, the skills that you've got in corporate, well, I mean, that's great as well. Like you've developed some, some uh, you know, awesome skills. Uh, what, what of those things could you potentially take away uh, and make better in your life? Now, now for you, imagine if you were to hop in a time machine and all the way back to your 18th birthday, you know, going back to your 18th birthday, what would you tell 18-year-old Anna? That's a great question. For me, what I've really learned over the years is how important it is for myself to trust that it will all work out. Now, trust is something that I still struggle with and definitely struggled with a lot more before um, because I'm somebody who really needs that certainty, who thrives off of certainty. I mean, you should see my planner on a day-to-day basis. It is like booked out to the hour. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing every hour for the rest of the week. I want to know all of the steps, all of the details. And that's something that made me so good at what I do through all of my jobs that I've had helping business owners really map out the step-by-step plan to get to where they want to go. But, um, you know, like any good thing, too much of it becomes a problem. So for me, I could never have predicted being where I am today when I was 18. But I spent a lot of time worrying about if I was going to get a good job, if I was going to get good grades, if I was going to succeed in life, if I was going to make my parents happy, if I was going to you know, spend my days in a way that I enjoyed, like just all of the time wanting to measure up to some vaguely defined definition of success that somebody else had set or ingrained long ago in me, rather than really trusting that, I mean, this whole thing that we call life is such a journey that you really can't predict. And I think, again, That's something we learned through 2020 is that you literally don't know what's coming in the next three months. So if I could tell myself anything, it would really be to just lean into the discomfort, lean into the uncertainty and create within myself that trust, that self-confidence that I could figure out whatever I needed to figure out in order to get to where I wanted to go. That's what I've learned the most over the course of the last number of years. And it's something that I wish I had known before because it would have spared me a lot of anxiety, a lot of worrying and just given me more energy to show up, trust the process and enjoy what I was doing. Mm, mm, yeah, trusting the process. That is an interesting one. Like I think we can all take lessons from that. Now, you know, is there, if you were to hop back in the time machine and you were to um, jump to your hundredth birthday, Uh, What is it that you'd like to have achieved with your life? For me, it comes back to impact. I want to know when I'm, you know, surrounded by friends on my 100th birthday and I'm still dancing because, you know, that is having that energy is something that is so important to me. But I want to know that over the course of my life, I made an impact on the people's lives. Uh, with whom I happened to cross. 
that's something that felt so elusive to me in my corporate career and something I found a whole lot more of when I left into my own business and started pursuing the areas where I felt drawn to make an impact. So if I could leave knowing that there was just a handful of people who lived a happier, more fulfilling life because I empowered them to step into their purpose and do what it took to get to that place, I would be absolutely thrilled. I think it's easy to get caught up in the stress of the day to day and, you know, all of the balls that you're juggling in the air and all of the responsibilities that come with adulting. But when you fast forward a hundred years and it's your last day, I can only imagine how easy it is to see what matters and what didn't matter. And that's something that I try to reflect on daily, weekly, monthly is what is it that actually matters to me in this moment and how can I really show up, step into my full potential and make the kind of impact that I'm capable of making in this lifetime. Mm, yeah, capable of making is, is, a, is a big thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, is it, I keep hearing, um, I listen to this Tom, um, Tom Bilyeu, I don't know if you've come across him, I don't know if I'm saying his name mm-hmm. right, but really interesting guy. Um, and he uh, is talking about like heaven and hell. And I think he's heard, he, he's heard it somewhere else, but he keeps saying it in this speech I listen to. And it's where it's like heaven is or hell is like meet you know ending your life but meeting the person you could have become, and heaven is meeting the per, uh, meeting the person you could have become and see yourself staring back at you. You know that's it's quite interesting to think of it in that way that if you are just trying to get to a point where you tap into your own because like again almost the Morgan Freeman thing if we're sitting on a cloud like who knows what it whatever happens right like it might just be a dirt nap and that's it right but like you know we're sitting on a cloud and we're looking back in our life and, and would you would you want to have lived it miserable would you have wanted to not tap into you know would you have wanted to say no I played it safe or I did xyz or I did whatever um you know is that actually even playing it safe like staying in the boiling um, pot of water doesn't feel safe like hopping out of the boiling pot of water yeah you might have to you might hit the hot plate quickly jump off the hot plate you know get to the place where where it isn't um you know a nightmare and and think about that like you know for, i love the hundred year thing looking back because it makes you think well would i really want to be unhappy and and you know someone might be 35 right now you know like me and, and be like oh my god that's a lot of years if, you, if you're really miserable like it, that's a lot of years like when is it going to come good if not now, then when? Like, when are you going to start making the changes to, to, to make those things happen? And it could just be planting the seed now and watering it every day. Um, you know, anyone listening to this, look up Chinese bamboo. You know, the thing has to be watered for five years or something before it finally shoots and grows massively. Uh, I mean, who on earth? You'd be looking at your neighbor watering the same patch of dirt for five years going, oh, gosh, you're crazy, right? But, like, in the end, when that bamboo shoots out the, out the grass, you'll be like, oh, no, okay, clever, well done, beautiful, right? So, so I really love um, your mindset. I love your headspace, and I'm sure that other people are, are going to take a lot from this one. And so I appreciate you taking the time. And for people that are wanting to follow you and, and find you and potentially work with you, what's the best way for them to go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they can definitely get in touch with me on Instagram at Anna McRae Coaching. That's A-N-A-M-C-R-A-E Coaching. And I would love to just have conversations with your listeners in the DMs and hear about where they're at, where they want to go, and what feels really hard about getting there and how we can get them some perspective on next steps to start to move towards that purposeful and really fulfilling life 
Um, they could also find my work on my website, moveyourmountains.org. And yeah, I just wanted to thank you so much for having me on here. It's been really rewarding to have this level of deep conversation and hopefully inspire just one person to question what they're fully capable of and take one baby step towards seeing what that could look like. It is, it is rewarding the idea. Like I don't, from, from this platform, you can't see the person. So anybody listening to this, if, if it moved you, if, it, if you've got something out of it, find a way to, to get the message through. Send me a message on, on Instagram or Facebook or, or, or LinkedIn or wherever you might be um, you know, coming to me live because it would be great to know that, that, it is, that it is making a difference in your life and, and maybe let me know what it was. And, and, or if you have questions and you'd like us to you know, focus more things here, um, but you know, Anna, you're 100% right. Like it is just nice knowing that you know it, it's likely that someone, even just one person, is going to benefit from our chat. So, uh, so what a wonderful chat it's been. But again, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Tom. And for everybody tuned in, again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you could like, comment, share, subscribe, send through those details I mentioned before. I'm Tom Bell, and I'm looking forward to catching you on the next podcast.